Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Locked In Podcast. My name is Ani. My name is Shree. And we had a really great week three in the NFL, some great matchups. Sunday Night Football was great between the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. Monday Night Football was supposed to be a matchup that was going to be great, but ended up being kind of a one-sided blowout with Kansas City Chiefs really routing the Baltimore Ravens. But we're really going to talk NFL in this episode, do a week three recap, week four preview. But first, we want to talk about the news that has been shaking the NFL world to its core. COVID-19 has finally entered the NFL. We had one positive case last week with the cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons, um, Terrell is his last name. I forgot his first name. Uh, but he was the first positive case. AJ Terrell, is that his name? I think so. Oh, yeah, I got, I got sure. to double Let's... check. I am not the biggest. AJ, yeah, AJ Terrell. Yeah. I'm a genius. What can I say? But this week, we've had nine total members of the Tennessee Titans. So nine, uh, five players and four staff all test positive for COVID. Those who tested positive for COVID, some of them have experienced flu-like symptoms. The game was originally postponed from Sunday to potentially Monday or even Tuesday. Uh, this game is supposed to be against the Steelers, but the NFL says it's going to push it back even more because more tests keep on popping up. Luckily, the Titans played the Vikings on Sunday last week in Week 3. The Vikings have reported no positive cases. No other teams in the NFL have reported, have reported any positive cases, so that's good news for the NFL moving forward, but essentially what might happen is that this will be used as a bye week for both these teams, and then the Steelers and the um, Titans will play in Week 7 because of some scheduled thing. So it seems like this matchup will work out. Yeah, I mean, the the frustrating thing for a lot of these players is that they didn't know whether their games were going to be postponed indefinitely or for a week or two. So there were a lot of issues. Well, one of the Steelers players was on Twitter, and he was saying how his son's birthday party, which he initially knew was going to be in the original bye week, he can't make it now because now, obviously, their bye week schedule has been altered. And there were a lot of miscommunications between the players association and the actual teams going on so i don't know like at least the nfl is taking this seriously and putting a stop to the games right now before the the little pandemic within the nfl becomes bigger like i'm, I'm glad it's just like contained between these two teams and not spreading too far yeah apparently the nfl has these uh, tracking wristbands that track how close you are to other players and for how long you were there and so the NFL is using that data to see whether people are potentially exposed. So players on either team that are exposed to people for long periods of time, they're telling them, hey, quarantine, you know, get tested every single day and see if you develop any symptoms or not. So, I mean, I'm glad everyone right now is doing okay. There's not too serious of symptoms yet. Uh, again, I expressed these fears towards the beginning of the NFL. It was actually in the summer when there were talks of whether the NFL was going to go into a bubble. Some of these offensive and defensive linemen pushed themselves and their bodies to extremes that they'd only go through for the sport you know these offensive linemen are two three hundred pounds and it's just not the weight that any normal healthy human should be and they know that and the only reason they're doing it is for this game and you see a lot of offensive linemen when they're done with football immediately slim down 30 40 50 pounds you see that with joe thomas now an analyst with espn nick hardwick doing an analysis and, and stuff on, on tv for the Chargers. so many of these ex-offensive linemen really slim down really sort of changed their body shape. And so I, I would hate to see anybody, you know, get COVID, but especially these people that compared to like a wide receiver or running back where they're at the top of them, uh, their, their, their sort of physicalness, 
right? They're really working out and they're, they're trying to become slim or strong or something. These offensive linemen are trying to put on weight to, to help block them or help block more defensive linemen trying to sack the quarterback faster, or plug up run holes or whatever. So I think those are the players that are seriously at risk of, of yeah. if COVID does hit them. Yeah. And another thing, in addition to like the actual player fitness and, you know, trying to put on weight, lose weight, there's like the additional travel that goes on when you're not having this one site for all the games. So there is the the team bus, there is the, the flights, there is getting to the hotel, there's getting food. There's just a lot of variables that, you know, in the NBA bubble right now, they they only have to worry about staying in the bubble. That's their only concern regarding COVID. Like, I think they did a pretty good job containing that. Obviously, when you have huge stadiums and a lot of moving parts, it's very difficult to create that one single area where you can play games. But um, so far, it seems to be decently contained i hope they continue to monitor this and don't rush to anything and don't make them play any games sooner than they have to yeah we'll really see what comes down to it but i mean the logistical nightmare of having an nfl team on a bubble just doesn't make any sense because i mean look at the nfl right each each team has 50 some something close to 60 players plus practice squad plus all the people there's a hundred 150 people on, on, on the nfl sideline each roster in the NBA is like 12 man deep, right? So even in the finals, like like basically the entire bubble that came into the NFL, or sorry, that came into the NBA is like three teams worth of people. So it it is pretty crazy numbers wise, but you know it, it is what it is, and we just have to hope, as you said, moving forward, this doesn't expand into a sort of pandemic inside a pandemic, or you know an infection that spreads within what should be a closed system. But I mean, yeah, thoughts and prayers to everyone involved. Hope they recover well. But let's talk about what happened in week three, a very interesting week three. Uh, let's do our, our usual two-minute drill. So let's get right on with it. Dolphins 31, Jaguars 13 on Thursday Night Football. It was supposed to be a pretty terrible game, two bad teams. It ended up being more interesting game because of Fitzmagic, and he was the quarterback that's shown in the Battle of the Beard versus Mustache instead of Gardner Minshew. Yeah, we have the, the battle of two cult heroes in the NFL quarterback world, and Fitz threw 18-20. That's a 90% completion percentage, which is usually pretty unheard of. Like, yes, he had the low yards volume. He only had 160 yards, but pretty efficient. Two touchdowns. Miles Gaskin struggled a bit in the rushing game. But, you know, Miami's defense came to play. And the Jaguars looked more like the team we thought they were going to be compared to their their encouraging early season start. 49ers 36, New York Giants 9. Denny Dimes looks like garbage, and this is really the 39ers. They were playing with Nick Mullins, no Nick Bosa, no Solomon Thomas, no anybody. I think Raheem Mostert was out. Like uh, the, Most of their wide receivers were out. They really had like half a roster, and they still managed to absolutely destroy this New York Giants squad that seemingly pretty healthy other than the loss of uh, Saquon Barkley and also Scorigami. So, you know, interesting game, but yeah, good for the Niners. Yeah, for those who don't know, there's a Twitter account called Scorigami that anytime there's a unique NFL score that, that's never happened before, they call it Scorigami. So 36-9 has never happened in the NFL's history before. And there was one telling stat from this game that the Niners were playing with like 40% of their salary cap missing. Or it, it was either 60% of their salary cap on the field or 60% missing. It was one of those two. But that's still insane regardless whether it's 40 or 60. So, you know, the... The hospital bed 49ers came to play. Browns 34, Washington football team 20. 
The Browns are finally showing that the talent on the roster is real and they can actually utilize it against a pretty bad Washington football team. But nevertheless, this is a Washington football team that is tied for first place in the NFC East. You know, Chase Young's injury really impacts Washington because I think they have a pretty decent defense or at least one that can keep them in games while the offense works to find its footing. But now that Chase Young is out, Washington looks really vulnerable on that side. And, the you know, the Browns are looking good after that early season Ravens debacle. Yeah, definitely. Bengals 23, Eagles 23 tied into overtime. I watched the whole fourth quarter in overtime of this game. It was so frustrating because, I mean, Joe Burrow bought the team into the lead and then somehow Carson Wentz runs the ball in and the entire overtime, no team is able to score. Joe Burrow keeps on getting absolutely destroyed by the, the Eagles defense and the, the, the Bengals offensive line is essentially just Swiss cheese made full of holes. And at the very end, instead of opting to kick a 65-yard field goal with a few seconds left, uh, you know, the, the the great Doug Peterson decides to punt the ball away and willfully end the game in a tie. Don't know about that decision. I mean, I guess, like, the Eagle, the, so the Bengals could have made one long play and then kicked a field goal, but they didn't have any timeout, so I just don't know. I, I'm really confused, honestly. Yeah, this is a game of two teams that didn't go for it when they needed to. There was a situation earlier where Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, he had a chance to go for it on 4th and 1, but he elected to punt. And, yeah, you brought up the 4th the and 12. It was only a 65-yarder because of a penalty. It would have been something like a 60-yarder, like close to 60. So I know Elliott can make that. And I think Doug Peterson just knows his division sucks. Like the NFC East is always just perennially bad. So I think he'd take the tie and keep ground within the Cowboys. Yeah. And so Dallas Goddard got injured. Um, he's expected to miss some time. Deshaun Jackson and Avante Maddox are also injured. And the Eagles injury report this week looks absolutely garbage uh emmanuel mosley of the 49ers and jordan reed both got injured giant safety jabril peppers got injured in the giants 49ers game uh yeah chase young guys you said and matthew iodon ionitis got injured as well in that game against the browns um yeah cleveland browns linebacker tay davis wide receiver jojo nathan and cornerback denzel ward denzel ward really big name for that Browns team got injured. Uh, all the yeah, okay, yeah. Those are all the games we covered so far. Okay, cool. Raiders twenty, Patriots thirty six. Patriots taking the easy win in Foxborough against the Raiders team that, although they played well uh, against the Saints in Week Two, just could not keep up with Cam Newton and the rushing attack. And I think the Raiders were just pretty garbage in red zone and in the red zone. They just never were were able to convert. I think they like four or five. Third and sevens in the red zone. It was so frustrating. This game was decided by two things, turnovers and run defense. And Josh Jacobs had a fumble. Carr lost the fumble on a very similar tuck play type of possession. But Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, little guy J.J. Taylor just gashed us the entire game. There was no element of stopping the run. So I we held Cam in check. I thought the Raiders did a good job of that. Like He got going later in the second half, but pretty shut down most of the game so i thought they did that was their one positive but yeah that was a very convincing win for the patriots brian edwards wide receiver he's he he exited early daniel ross defensive tackle exited early and wide receiver rico gafford exited early as well and it seems like the uh, raiders wide receiving core is becoming pretty thin like usual it's always thin man that's just something Chicago. we got to deal with 
Chicago Bears 30, Falcons 26. I turned this game on when I learned that Nick Foles was coming in, and I did not regret it. That that pick in the end zone should have been a touchdown, in my opinion. And it was just a freak coincidence that ended up being an interception. But Nick Foles played almost lights out, and he managed to lead this team back from a big deficit. Atlanta Falcons again choking it away, and now Nick Foles has a starting job. I hope he doesn't drop it. I hope the the Bears have an undefeated season because I love Nick Foles. They're not going to go undefeated, and the the stupid comeback took away from a very good Todd Gurley game because he was very efficient running the ball. He had a touchdown, looking like the old Todd Gurley pre-knee injuries. So I'm just disappointed in Atlanta, man. If they don't win next week, they have to fire Dan Quinn. I, I, I think they should have fired him before this, but, you know, I, I guess they can fire him but after. Their, their players re- seem to love him. That's the thing. Yeah, but he's doing a garbage job on the field. So, you know, just loss after loss in the lead. Tariq Cohen exited with the potential MCL, ACL sprint, uh, tear, so he he's could be out. out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, so pretty crazy for that. Rams 32, Bills 35. A really crazy game. Bills gave up a huge lead to the Rams. Rams just played their football, came back in the third quarter. Should have lost the game, the Bills, uh, except for, honestly, a, a pretty iffy call on fourth and goal with a few seconds left. Managed to get like a really lucky pass interference call, and Josh Allen threw that nice pass into the end zone for a touchdown to take the lead, but the Bills look good. Josh Allen surprisingly looks good. Josh Allen's one of those sleeper MVP candidates this year. This was a tale of two halves. Like the the Bills had the Falcons lead. They had the twenty eight three advantage before seemingly choking it all away. And when Josh Allen has the last possession trying to come back, like I, I wouldn't say I felt confident because I still need Allen to prove it a little more. Like he still makes a few bad throws, some questionable plays, but more good than bad this season from Josh Allen, which is all you can ask for if you're a Bills fan. Texans twenty one, Steelers twenty eight, Steelers with the win. Uh, Deontay Johnson got injured, so a big loss there for the Steelers. But, I mean, they looked pretty good against what could be a, considered as a, a definitely underperforming, underachieving Texan squad that traded away D- Deshaun Watson's number one option in, in, in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I, I feel bad for Watson. There's a lot of hashtags, free Watson. A lot, a lot of people wanting to get him out of Houston. But the Steelers had a really complete game overall. I thought the, re- the receiving attack was very well balanced. Eric Ebron finally had a good game. He, he was really productive. So, you know, five receptions, 52 yards, a touchdown. Juju had like four for 43 and a touchdown. So I thought Ben did a good job getting it to all his targets. So Titans 31, Vikings 30. Vikings lose another close one. Steven Gotzkowski six for six, including the game-winning field goal here. And the Titans... Things are looking up for them right now. This is an explosive game because both running backs played insanely well. Derrick Henry had a great game. Dalvin Cook had a great game. And Kirk Cousins made a lot of good throws. But the the Titans' just constant ability to move the ball downfield against a pretty poor Minnesota defense was, I don't know. the, The Vikings are having a rough season, man. Panthers 21, Chargers 16, another terribly close loss for the uh, Chargers who had four turnovers didn't get a single turnover from the Panthers they almost won on a sort of hook and ladder lateral play at the very end of the game was so close literally like watch the highlights it was super close and apparently according to Austin Eckler they've been practicing that play 
for two full years and they still screwed it up. So leave it to the Chargers to mess things up. Yeah, they had it. Like, it was just off his fingertips. I don't know if he wasn't expecting it or if the ball was just slightly behind him because Keenan was running left. Or no, he was running to to the right of the field while Eckler was running left. So they had it. It was just a matter of, like, milliseconds. Yeah. The, the Chargers are top five in offensive yards. They're top five in defensive yards allowed. So they don't allow a lot of yards, and they get a lot of yards. But they are in the bottom five in both the defensive and offensive scoring. So essentially, we just cannot score the ball, even though we literally have the third best rushing attack and the fifth best passing attack in the league right now. It's just so, so confusing. But I mean, good news is Justin Herbert, two back-to-back 300-yard throwing games. But Chris Harris Jr., cornerback, out for at least the next six weeks. So Colts 36, Jets 7, absolutely destroyed the Jets, the Colts did two pick sixes from Darnold, I think. At least one, a safety as well. Colts fantasy defense went off, but Michael Pittman out for the Colts, so sad loss. Yeah, as we're recording this, Sam Darnold is putting on a rushing clinic on Thursday Night Football against the Broncos. He had a 42-yard crazy athletic rushing touchdown, so hopefully this is the bounce back game for him. We'll get to that later, but yeah, that was just a... A disappointing effort. Like, what is Frank Gore doing running the ball 15 times for the Jets? Like, if you want to develop your young quarterback, you don't need Frank Gore doing this. And I I know Le'Veon is hurt and they need carries, but just run some young guys. Like, we don't need this, New York. Also in this New York Jets game, Joe Flacco is in. Very, very confused as to why he is in. Right. Oh, for for the Broncos. No, he's in for the Jets. Joe Flacco is on the Jets. Oh, because Sam Darnold left the game with an apparent shoulder injury. So Joe Flacco oh, is right. now playing for the Jets. Did, um, so Flacco went from the, the Broncos to the Jets. I didn't even know that happened. It did happen. It is true. Very crazy. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys 31, Seahawks 38. The Fox NFL Sunday game of the week. And it was a pretty crazy game. Uh, Chris Carson really a really terrible play by that Cowboys defensive lineman uh, almost injured Chris Carson luckily he should be back next week so it's pretty scary for the Seahawks but I mean Russell Wilson putting up an MVP season just insane numbers this week and I I cannot explain he should have had another touchdown too if DK Metcalf didn't lose that ball into the end zone so I mean just a crazy crazy season by Russell Wilson so far yeah I know DK wants that one back and I know Russ really wants that one too but you know Good redemption as Metcalf caught the game-winning touchdown. And let Russ Cook is in full effect, even though the Seahawks' secondary pass defense overall just does not look great for one of the elite teams in the league. Jamal Adams suffered a groin strain in the second half. Uh, Jordan Brooks, linebacker, suffered a knee sprain. Mike Iupati and Damian Lewis, who are both guards, exited early. So the Seahawks team looks pretty banged up from the injury report, at least. So hopefully... Offensive line is competent enough so that Russell Wilson can continue cooking. Lions 26, Cardinals 23. Huge comeback for the Lions. Managed to upset the 2-0 Cardinals. Kyler Murray threw a couple picks, three picks. Very, very costly for him. And Matt Prater ended up sealing the deal for the Lions. I don't think this is an upset because the Lions were getting Kenny Galladay back. And that's one of Stafford's best targets. I think the Lions are finally a little bit resembling what a lot of people thought they would be, which is one of those like middling teams in their division. And 
I think they're a lot better than what the record says. They should have won week one, but I think I, their rookie running back dropped a, a touchdown in the end zone. So I don't know. I think the Cardinals and Lions are in that same tier of teams. I think this is a pretty well-balanced game. Buccaneers 28, Broncos 10. Uh, good showing by Tom Brady sort of came back against a struggling Broncos team. Doesn't really have a good quarterback. They're playing right now as well. There's an F football. But, I mean, the biggest loss for this for this Bucks team is Chris Godwin is out this week. And so we'll see how long it takes for him to come back. Could be a huge loss for the, for the Bucks who have this two-headed snake in, in having Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as their wide receivers. Yeah, the, the greatest thing about Mike Evans from this game, two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns. Never been done before in NFL history, I think. So historic, low-yard, high-touchdown output game for Mike Evans. And poor Jerry Judy, man. He gets drafted to the Broncos. Pretty good situation with Drew Locke. And now he has Joe Flacco. Sorry, not Joe Flacco. Brett Ripien throwing in balls. So He just caught a touchdown, though. So On, on Thursday? Caught a 40-yard touchdown. Yeah, today, as a recording. The game is 10-7, and he, he caught a touchdown pass. So Oh, he just crazy. Oh, he, he made a really like Randy Moss-type grab. Yeah. Okay, Packers 37, Saints 30. Pretty crazy game. Aaron Rodgers doing a little with a lot, or doing a lot with a little, sorry. But his favorite target from this game is out now. Alan Lazard has ended up having surgery, and now he's going to be out. And we're not sure if Devontae Adams is going to play. He said he's only going to play if he's 100%, but considering... Aaron Rodgers only has Valdez Scantling in. I think he's they're gonna have to push Devontae Adams to play in this Monday night matchup. But I mean good good win by the Packers, three and zero. They look pretty good. Yeah, I think Aaron Jones is also gonna take on a little more responsibility in the passing offense. And Drew Brees had a deceivingly high yard total, touchdown total. There was one Camaro run in this game that was just Madden esque. Like he broke eight different tacklers reminded me a lot of Marshawn's playoff run so Saints have some work to do and final game of the week Chiefs 34 Ravens 20 Patrick Mahomes looks unstoppable doing the craziest passes of all time passing to a fullback for a touchdown passing to an offensive tackle for a touchdown Eric Fisher with a touchdown catch uh, Tyree Kill with an amazing grab so dishing it all over the field this Ravens offense was sputtering not sure if it was the Chiefs defense that was putting the clamps on them or just the, the offense not really knowing what to do. And this looks like a very different team than what played the Chargers in Week 2. A question I have for you. You're Lamar Jackson. You have Marquise Hollywood Brown. And you never throw the, hit the ball to him like deep. Like, look at Patrick Mahomes exploits using Tyree Kill. I think Marquise Hollywood Brown has at least the speed of Tyree Kill and is a, quite a good catcher. He has good hands. Why don't you use him to the same extent that they use Tyree Kill? I just don't understand. Well, there's a difference between these two quarterbacks, and both of them are elite. It's just Lamar looks to run just as often as he looks to pass. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just the, the way he sees the field is a little different. Whereas with Mahomes, running is usually that last option because he always has, has his eyes downfield. Like He's a very athletic guy, and he can make the scramble plays. But Mahomes is looking for that home run play more often than not. And Lamar, that's something Lamar, I think, needs to add a little more to his game. I agree. Overall, some really, really good matchups in, in, in Week 3. And let's move forward to Week 4. So we have the Broncos and Jets right now. As I'm saying this, it's the second quarter, 7-48. Broncos are up 10-7. to Joe Flacco's in, as we discussed, for Sam Darnold, who left with an injury. 
Jerry Judy with the touchdown catch. We both predicted the Broncos would win. Um, do you think the game is going to go any differently now or no? I think the Broncos win, especially if Jerry Judy is catching 48-yard touchdowns. Uh, this doesn't look good for New York. They do have Joe Flacco in, so you never know. Saints versus Lions. It's a very banged-up Saints team. You predicted the Lions would win. Very optimistic of you. I just haven't seen a lot of great things from the Saints. Like, it's not the same New Orleans team, especially without Michael Thomas. But also now, we're seeing the end of Drew Brees' years as a prime top five NFL quarterback. Like, there are a lot of quarterbacks right now I would take over Drew Brees. So, I, I don't feel great about the Saints. I think the Lions are rounding into form, getting Galladay back. And Matthew Stafford is always going to keep your team in the game. So, I like the Lions in this one. I just think that the the this the Lions team capitalized on the three turnovers by Kyler Murray on on Sunday. So I don't think that Drew Brees is going to turn the ball over nearly as many times. So they're not going to have the opportunity to capitalize. So I think the Saints will take this one out. Chargers versus Buccaneers. I'm going the Bucks on this one. I have no faith in my Chargers anymore. <laughs> I actually think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people think because I I can see this turning into one of those grinded out stalled offensive type games because the Chargers have a great defense. Like I think that's one thing that's been established so far this season. And Tampa Bay's defense is no slouch either. It, and it's not like both teams really sling it on offense. So I, I could see it being one of those like 16-14 type games. I, I'm just going to... You know how you're picking the Raiders to win every single game? You're just I'm picking just the, Chargers the Chargers to lose? To lose. <laughs> I think I'm going to end up doing pretty well. Okay. Jaguars-Bengals. I have the Bengals winning this one. I, I, I'm going to pick Joe Burrow to win every single week until they win at least one game. I think I took the Jaguars, right? You did. I think it's because Minshew has a bounce back game. Like he didn't. For, for a young guy, he hasn't had too many back-to-back rough games. And he's the reason the Jaguars usually are in most of their games. So I think it'll be a fun matchup. The Jaguars win by like a field goal or something. Cutting it close, dude. Cutting it close. Uh, Vikings, Titans. Sorry, not Vikings. Vikings, Texans. Not Vikings, Titans. The Titans game got postponed. Uh, this is also going to be a very interesting game. I have the Texans winning because this Vikings team doesn't look too sound. But if the Vikings start running the ball, if Justin Jefferson goes off again, you never know. I think the Texans win this because Deshaun Watson's overdue for his first win of the season. They've just had a terrible start to the season playing really, really good teams so far. I really hope they win, but I mean, you never know. Seahawks, Dolphins. See, this one seems pretty cut and dry to me. Seahawks obviously going to win this one. The question is, will they come out of it with the same roster or an injury-depleted roster? That's the biggest question. For me, the question is, Russell Wilson over under five touchdown passes. I think under. I think they're going to run the ball this game. Well, it depends on Carson, but, I think. Yeah, that is true. Even without Carson, you never know. But okay, Browns Cowboys. I have the Cowboys in this one. I think the Browns take it. This has, I it, you can't even call it upset potential because the Cowboys are one and two, and yes, the Cowboys have played some really good teams, but they can't stop anybody on defense. And Baker is starting to look more like the exciting Baker we all saw early on instead of the kind of cut and dry check down hold on to the ball too long every single possession Baker from last year so I think the Browns sneak a win out of this 
Cardinals Panthers. I think Cardinals will end up taking this one as long as Kyler Murray doesn't put too many interceptions away. I mean, yeah, it's just with this Cardinals team is so unpredictable because I mean, not to say the Lions team are the Lions team is really bad, but I mean, we saw that this Panthers team could come back and you know really hold their own ground against the Chargers. So I mean, maybe that's just because the Chargers are shaky, but I mean, I think this Panthers, Panthers team has potential, but I think the Cardinals will take this one. Yeah, I mean, for the Panthers, this feels like a huge DJ Moore game, but the I don't think Kyler is going to have another... Like, that last weekend was one of his worst games as a pro. Like, he just did not look comfortable. So, I think he bounces back. Colts versus Bears. The 3-0 and Bears led by Nick Foles, but this Colts defense is too good, and I think the Colts take this one. I said the Colts, right? Yeah. I think the Colts win this because... You're right, Philip Rivers is playing behind an offensive line for the first time in a billion years, so it's it, it's looking up in Indy right now. It's looking way up. So Philip Rivers was pressured 17 times through three games this season. Last season, Philip Rivers was pressured 14 times per game as part of the Los Angeles Chargers. So it's just night and day difference between what he went through last year and this year. So. I'm really, really happy for Philip Rivers. Ravens, Washington football team. Ravens obviously could take this one. No, no contest. This is also a possible trap game, but I think the Ravens handle their business and win by like twenty something. Lamar Lamar should bounce back in the passing offense. We need to talk about this NFL scheduling. There are nine ten AM games, which is absolutely crazy. It, it's a mistake because a lot of people like watching multiple games and this is where not a lot of people have lead pass either. So, or sorry, not lead pass, red zone. So, I, th- I think the NFL is failing in their marketing of all these games. Giants, Rams. Uh, I think Rams obviously take this one. The Giants do not look good. I hope the Rams' offense is for real because their first half last game looked terrible and their second half looked like they could be one of the best offenses in the league. So, I just want to see a little more consistency across the board. Patriots Chiefs. I think it's still going to be a really good matchup, but I think the the Chiefs take this one. Yeah, I think the Chiefs take it. They just have a little more firepower, and I love Cam. I thought Burkhead played a great game last week. Sonia Michelle, if he comes into form, that's finally a two-headed running back monster that the Pats haven't had in a while. But yeah, the Chiefs are just too dynamic. Yeah. Okay. Bills Raiders. Choosing the Bills Mafia on this one, but you got your Raiders because you got to have faith. I'm never betting against the Raiders. They are they're making the playoffs this year. Eagles 49ers. I think 49ers still take this one, even though they're the 39ers right now. The 29ers will still win this because... I Is this one of the last straws for Carson Wentz before we possibly see Jalen Hurts this season? I know he's been playing bad, but... This is a guy who was in the MVP conversation a little more than two years ago. And, you know, this is the same coach who won a Super Bowl. So the the, the pieces are there. It's just I time is running out in Philly for me. I, I think that Jalen Hurts doesn't start the season because I think Doug Peterson is going to go all in on Carson Wentz this season. It just seems like that no matter what, he just has faith in his quarterback unless there's an injury. 
Wentz looks scared on some of these throws, though. Like, he doesn't look like the same guy who was just hanging around in the pocket and letting plays develop. Like, he's he's either just getting it out way too quickly or taking unnecessary sacks or forcing it into tight windows that don't need to be forced to. Falcons-Packers. We both picked the Packers, but this is before we learned about the injury to Alan Lazard. And essentially... Aaron Rodgers only has Valdez Gantling to throw to right now if Devontae Adams doesn't come back. So we'll really see what happens in this Monday night matchup. Uh, I'm still going with the Packers because yeah. I, can't, I cannot trust the Falcons anymore. I've bet on them too many times. That time is not now. The Packers defense isn't great, but I mean, the, these Falcons will probably have the lead and choke it away. And uh, I just yeah. want to say congratulations, Shree, to your A's for winning and advancing from the wild card. Yes, sir. This is our first playoff series win since 2006. We are in the division series after a, a modified wild card three-game series. So it's very different this year. The MLB is trying some new things out in their postseason format, shortened season and all. But if it was just we one are, game, you guys would have lost like you like usual. Oh, no so. doubt. And yeah, we lost game one and came back strong. We are playing the Houston Astros next, which means bring out your trash cans, send them home. We don't want the Astros advancing. Yeah. And we had a pretty great game one of the NBA Finals. It was really close until the Lakers started running away with it, but some sad injuries. Goran Drogic probably out for the series. Uh, uh, I don't, and then I don't Bam out of bio. I don't think the series like he'll be out a couple of games. It's like a, it's a torn plantar fascia. So if he can put pressure on the foot, like he can, he he can still play. Okay, he might come back, but he won't be good. We'll see. Like, like Kendrick, having a plantar fascia is really difficult to play with. I think Kendrick well, you Nunn can is walk also a, and you can be on the court. That's true, but I think Kendrick Nunn's a pretty good insurance policy for the Heat. I mean, yeah, but Drogic was just so instrumental for the Heat, uh, the the Heat run in the playoffs. Yeah, and then the the second part of that pick and roll, the Drogic and Bam pick and roll. You know, Bam has a neck strain, so we'll see whether he is back in form. But I just wanted to do, I wanted to say one thing about that game. The the Miami Heat have no answers for Anthony Davis, even when Bam was on the floor, and it looks like he's putting up a Finals MVP type of series right now. Like, yes, we saw what LeBron did and how he orchestrated everything on the court. But when when the Lakers needed a bucket, AD could score at will, and that's really scary if you're Spo and trying to figure out the zone against this Laker team that seemed to have every single answer against the zone, whether it was the three-point shooting or the post play. Yeah, I think the series is going to be interesting. I wanted it to be full strength both sides because I thought it would be interesting. Sadly, I don't think it's going to be. But we'll see. Hopefully, Bam comes back and makes the series interesting. But, I mean, good for the Lakers because I'm a Lakers fan. But, I mean, I picked the Heat to win in seven, so what do I know? Yeah, I think LA in six, though. I think Miami has enough to steal two games in the series. Too talented, too deep, and too much fight. Too gritty. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of fight. But I think that wraps up our episode. This is a pretty short episode. We just wanted to go over all things NFL since we didn't really touch on it too much last time. Um, We have, if I mentioned before, Ani has his blog post up on our website, www.lockedinpod.com. I'm going to be adding a couple of things to the website, some NBA stuff, some analysis of Bam and Drogic and that pick and roll. So, Check it out. Check out more of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your stuff. Uh, Ani, anything else? 
Yeah, check out our Instagram, podcast.lockedin. We do our weekly NFL picks so you guys can see those. You guys can comment what you guys think the upsets are going to be and see how we're doing. Uh, we both went 9-6-1 and one last week, did not predict the tie. And I am one ahead of Aditya. I'm one ahead of Shree in the overall rankings. I believe for the season, I am 22-9-1 and one, and Shree is 21-10-1. and one. So one ahead, we'll see how this week plays out. But we, we seem to do, be doing pretty well. So, you know, good for us. Yeah, if you're ever betting on a game on FanDuel or whatever, just hit us up. We'll give you all our picks free of charge. <laughs> but that's it. As always, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, people. Peace.